Good morning and welcome to River City 360 views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me as always is my co-host Robert Zirk. On today's show, we'll speak with Courtney Bannatyne, a Red River College student who's organizing a stand-up comedy show featuring Brent Butt as the headliner in support of the Mood Disorders Association of Manitoba. Then, because it's 2017 and it's Canada's 150th birthday, we're going to be telling you about various projects throughout the year that celebrate Canada's sesquicentennial via some wonderful projects from Manitoba's Community Fund for Canada's 150th. We'll also speak with Trevor Lehman of Convergent Games to talk about the all-grain charity beer auction, which is raffling off bottles of a rare brew from a monastery in Belgium in support of Winnipeg Harvest. And finally, Noah Ehrenberg will join us in studio to tell us about the upcoming Vital Science Community Conversation on Mental Health, as well as what's been happening on Community News Commons. All this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Welcome to River City 360. Thank you so much for tuning in on this wonderful Sunday morning. It has been a gorgeous week out. We, I think, is summer is summer here, Rob? I, I think. I, can I, we I call it officially? Can... I mean, I'm, neither of us are meteorologists. Neither mm. of us are trained weathermen per no. se. But I think it's summer. Let's go with it. January 22nd, it is officially summer. The yeah. first day of summer. I'm thinking it might be a tad <laughs> early to make that call. Good point. That's a fair point. You know, I'm just being silly. I'm trying to be funny because today's show, we're focusing a little bit on comedy. Yes. Uh, maybe before we even get into that, who's who are some of your favorite comedians? Some of my favorite comedians. Um, let's see. It's tough to name them off the top of my head, but uh, I saw Chris D'Elia when he was oh, yeah. here in Winnipeg, and he was hilarious. Uh, Jeremy Hotz is really yeah. funny. Oh, One of yeah. my favorite comedians. I like comedians. his style. Very kind of self-depreciating, and yeah, he's good. How about you? Who are some of your favorite I got to go with Louis C.K. He's probably my favorite of all time. Um, I'm a big George Carlin fan. God rest his soul. Uh, sort of that style of humor. Really observational, really uh, pointed and, and uh, poignant humor I enjoy. But uh, Brent Butt, one of Canada's sort of finest exports as far as Can Canadian humor goes, is going to be headlining uh, a comedy show. And coming up after the break, we're going to learn about the show. It's called Laughing Matters, a stand-up comedy show taking place this Wednesday uh, at the West End Cultural Centre. It's going to be raising money in support of the Mood Disorders Association of Manitoba. And uh, Courtney Bannatyne is the one organizing the event. She is a Red River College student and uh, student in creative communications program. She's going to tell us about all about uh, Laughing Matters, and uh, that's coming up right after our first musical break, which is, coincidentally, Make Em Laugh by Donald O'Connor, right here on River City 360. Make them laugh, make them laugh Don't you know everyone wants to laugh <laughs> My dad said be an actor, my son But be a comical one They'll be standing in lines For those old honky-tonk monkey shines Now you could study Shakespeare and be quite elite And you could charm the critics and have nothing to eat Just slip on a banana peel, the world's at your feet Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh Make, make them laugh Don't you know everyone wants to laugh My grandpa said go out and tell them a joke But give it plenty of hope Make them roar, make them scream Take a fall but a wall split a seam You start off by pretending you're a dancer with grace You wiggle till they're giggling all over the place And then you get a great big custard pie in the face Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh 
'em laugh, make 'em laugh. Don't you know everyone wants to laugh? <laughs> my dad said, be an actor, my son. But be a comical one, they'll be standing in lines for those old honky-tonk monkey shines. Or you could study Shakespeare and be quite elite And you could charm the critics and have nothing to eat Just slip on a banana peel, the world's at your feet Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh Welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning, and we are now joined by a very special guest, Courtney Bannatine. She is a second-year creative communications student at Red River College, and she's organizing a fundraiser called Laughing Matters that we'll be discussing today. Courtney, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. Laughing Matters is taking place this Wednesday. Yeah. How did you come up for the idea for Laughing Matters? Well, I've always been really uh, interested in comedy and stand-up comedy, and when I was thinking of doing my my independent professional project at Red River College, I really wanted to incorporate that. So I, I started thinking of ways that I could do a stand-up comedy show that would that would make people want to come out and that would do something for the community because I, I also really enjoy volunteer work and fundraising. So I was trying to brainstorm ideas of ways that I could fundraise uh, money through a stand-up comedy show. And I thought that fundraising for a organization that helped people with mental illness would be really fitting and helpful. And uh, just because for me, laughing lifts my mood. And, and I think when I'm having a bad day, it, it makes me feel better. So I, I was thinking that that would be helpful for people who were in the mental health community. I started thinking of venues and comedians. And yeah, everything all came together pretty well. It's definitely bigger and more exciting than I ever thought it would be. That's excellent. And yeah. I hear that it's it's pretty close to sold out. Like tickets are selling very well for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We, we have almost a sold out show already. I'm expecting it'll probably be sold out by a couple days before. Tickets went really fast. The VIP section especially, which holds about 60 people, that sold out really fast. We have about three tickets left for that. And that's great because we have catering and cupcakes and champagne, and it's going to be a great time. Sounds excellent. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure all of our listeners are familiar with the headliner of the show, Brent Butt, of course, a very well-known comedian here in Canada, was the creator and star of arguably the most successful sitcom in Canada ever, Corner Gas. How did you get him involved with the show? He's a pretty big name. Yeah, uh, I never expected that I would have a celebrity in the show. My teachers thought that I should kind of go bigger with it. So I went really extreme with their feedback and I tried to get Brent Butt. And so I, I was emailing back and forth with his agent a lot, negotiating a fair price that a student could afford. And it was a big risk, but I decided to take it because I thought that I could sell enough tickets to uh, offset the cost and fundraise for the Mood Disorders Association of Manitoba. And yeah, it ended up working out. Uh, We reached a fair deal and we've been in contact ever since, kind of planning out how everything's going to go. And he's been super cooperative, such a nice guy. I've been just in contact with his agent so far, but he's been 
helping sending me stuff like for promotional materials and been really cooperative about the show. That's excellent. And there's also a great lineup of local comedians that are taking part as well. Tell us about some of the Winnipeg comedians that people can expect to see on that night. Yeah, so from the get-go, I really wanted to involve Dan Verville. I've seen so much of his stand-up, and he's so funny. He's a very funny guy. I've seen him perform live as well a few times. <laughs> yeah, I've, he's always at Rumors. I've seen him open for some big acts like Chris D'Elia, and he's open for Jerry D. And I knew that he would be a good host for the show because he has experience uh, opening for bigger acts and and he's such a down-to-earth guy and he was so excited to be involved right away. He was the first kind of comedian that I had on board. And then I was really looking for a good female comedian to be in the show because I love female stand-up comedy and I really wanted to represent that in Winnipeg. And I heard that Ashley Burdett had won Winnipeg's Funniest comedian with a day job and I wanted to know a bit more about her so I got in contact with her she sent me some of her audio recordings from her shows and I was laughing so hard and I I knew that I wanted her in my show and she's been super helpful and funny and we talk quite a bit and she's been helping me promote everything and I also got two creative communication students involved Rogan Shaheen and Cam Demel they're two hilarious guys they actually um, performed stand-up pretty much for the first time in November as a part of a comedy writing class that Red River College provides and I was in that class too and I was kind of scouting out everyone at the performance at Rumors and seeing uh, who would be a good fit for the show and they were making everyone double over laughing. And and since then, too, they've been going to Jekyll and Hyde's and, and performing stand-up. So they, they kind of want to pursue this. So I knew that they would be very committed to the show. So I asked them, and they're super excited to be part of it. That's awesome. Yeah. I took that comedy writing class as oh, well, yeah. and that was such a fun class. It was Performing awesome. at Rumors. And I think a lot of comedians in the local scene, I think even Dan Verville is a Cree-Com grad, right? Yeah, So I yeah. think um, a lot of there. them have... Yeah, started out of that class, which is a, a really great class. Yeah, it's great. In second year Crecom, there are a lot of uh, meaningful projects. This is your independent professional project. It's sort of, for people who aren't familiar with the program, it's sort of the thesis project that you have to do in order to graduate, basically. What area are you sort of going toward in your studies and communications? And do you kind of see yourself doing more events like this or more fundraisers like this in the future? Well, I'm a major in advertising, and so I would like to work at an advertising agency, working with clients and coming up with big concepts for ads and and creative. But I do really like fundraising, and I know I want to keep doing that if, whether it's like a part-time job or even my spare time volunteering. I've always kind of been active in event planning and fundraising. It's a passion of mine. And I was talking to my advisor at school, and he said that if this goes well, I could try to make a career out of this with event promotions and bringing more shows into the city. And I would love to do that. Um, Any opportunity that I have in the future to bring great uh, entertainment to Winnipeg, 
I would love to have the chance. And the event is in support of a really great cause, the Mood Disorders Association of Manitoba. How did you decide upon selecting mood disorders as the charity to benefit, and how will the funds that you raise help them out? As I said before, I was kind of thinking that a mental health organization would be fitting for a comedy show. So I was researching a few and looking at their website and seeing the kind of work that they did really resonated with me because they're so hands-on with the way they help people. They do advocacy, of course, but they also just really, like, anyone can come in off the street with a problem and there will be someone there to talk to. So I thought that was really cool. So I, I went down there to meet with Charlotte Sitnik, who's the director of development, And the minute I walked in, someone greeted me who was a volunteer who came in every week just to to donate her time because she, I think she told me she had five mood disorders. And so they have so many volunteers there who deal with mood disorders themselves and they offer peer support to people going through the same thing. So I thought that was so meaningful. And when I left there, I was like, they need to keep doing this. They need to keep having funds in order to keep helping people because you can just see the effect that it has on the community. And they've helped. They told me that last year they helped 95,000 Manitobans with mood disorders. And I I thought that statistic was was crazy because I never even knew that 95,000 Manitobans had mood disorders. So once I started working with them, I knew that it was for sure the right choice because the effect that they have on people in Winnipeg and in Manitoba is, is just tremendous. For the most part, they do a lot of community programs and sessions. They have like group talks. So the funds will will go toward helping them with their programming. And also there's stuff in their building that they would like to improve as well. I think they were looking to redo the floors and any anything that could help with that would be great because um, the place is beautiful and, and just kind of the atmosphere there making it even even more beautiful and renovated. Even walking in there could lift, lift your mood a little bit. So yeah, the funds are definitely being used for a great cause and they're so happy to have that. So the event, Laughing Matters, is taking place this Wednesday, January 25th, and that's at the West End Cultural Centre at 8 p.m. If people are interested in checking out the show, how can they get tickets? They can get tickets at laughingmatterswpg.com. There's a ticket um, tab on the website, and if you click that, you can either go to the Ticketfly website that you can get tickets online, or you can email info at laughingmatterswpg.com, and that will directly go to me, and I can get you tickets. Perfect. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for joining us again, and congratulations on all the success with Laughing Matters, and best of luck in the future. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Robert, and thank you to Courtney. For our listeners out there who heard our interview last week with the Winnipeg Foundation's uh, Carrie Ryan, she told us about a very cool idea that's happening for Canada's 150th, which is happening all this year in 2017. Across the country, basically, people are celebrating in different ways, and there are 19 different grant recipients from Manitoba's Community Fund for Canada's 150th, which is a partnership with uh, Community Foundations of Canada and the Winnipeg Foundation. And... uh, here at River City 360, we're going to be bringing you as many of those those stories as we can in the coming year. Uh, the first one is happening after the break, and it's uh, one from the Manitoba Crafts Museum and Library. Uh, and we spoke with their curator, Andrea Reichart, earlier this week, and she's going to tell us about their project, 
which is called Canada 150 Craft in Red and White. So for any fans of arts or crafts or textiles or history for that matter, stay tuned for that conversation. It's a very nice one. But before we kick off our coverage of Canada's 150th, how about a song? So we're going to hear Shine by The Crew Cuts right here on River City 360. Shine, 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 shine. Hey, just because do rock my hair is curly, curly hair. Just because do rock my teeth are pearly, pearly teeth do. Just because always wear a smile, like to dress up, babe, right in the latest style. Cause, cause, I'm glad I'm living. I always take my troubles with a great big smile. Folks, we're shining to you, and everybody's gonna holler to do you. You will make that whole world shine. Away your bluesies, start with your shoesies. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan Bicknell here on location at the Agency Fund Breakfast for the Winnipeg Foundation. We are speaking with Andrea Reichert. She is the curator at the Manitoba Crafts Museum and Library. Andrea, thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks so much. So first things first, tell me about the Manitoba Crafts Museum and Library. What do you do and how, uh, how long? You said you've been there for 17 years and tell me about curating uh, for that job. The Manitoba Crafts Museum and Library is one of the oldest museums in Winnipeg. It was started in the 1930s by the Crafts Guild of Manitoba, and our focus is handcraft. So it's everything from quilts and embroideries and weavings to uh, rug hookings and woodworking and ceramics and glass and paper and everything that's handmade is, is what we are all about. What is it like to maintain, like I would imagine a lot of these things are very delicate, no? Like how, what is it like to maintain these things for d- decades upon decades? <laughs> Um, Some of them are delicate, but some of them are surprisingly durable. Um, Our collection um, is highly textile-based, and that was a little bit of the bias of the Crafts Guild of Manitoba. So um, textiles are really durable. There's, you know, thousand-year-old textiles that are found. Um, But, you know, having said that, we do have things like ceramics and glass and Inuit sculpture and and, um, other things. And um, I guess it's like any other museum. You store them properly and take care of them. We have a database to manage the information and and, um, we do our best to 
to do that care for the collection. I guess it speaks to the quality of, you know, classically handcrafted, really durable things from back in the day because they had to be durable to be able to last. There's definitely that. Handcraft is always better than the plastic stuff you get these days. So for some of the people who come through the museum, what, what is their reaction when they see some of all of these old artifacts and stuff? I think there's a real connection with craft because it's all made by humans, made by people, made with people's hands. Um, and craft plays a role in so many people's culture. You think about you know, Ukrainian Easter eggs and some of the embroideries that are part of the, the clothing that is worn traditionally and, and, it, and quilts and things that your grandmother made or your grandparents made for you or, or things that came from the old country that were brought. And, People have a connection to handcraft through their culture and, and um, there's, that just shows when people come into the museum and see what, what's there and whether it's a traditional piece that's older or whether it's a more contemporary piece that's because we do exhibit contemporary work as well from time to time and, and it's, it's, people just have that connection to things that are made by other people. I would imagine it probably inspires a lot of creativity too when they're going in and seeing some of these classic works. <laughs> we hope so. You know, um, the all the wonderful contemporary work that's happening today is all inspired by past um, past craftspeople and the you know the, the millennia that has gone into developing the techniques and the patterns and and um, yeah I, I think it I think it certainly does generate creativity it's a cool way of passing down history too and telling stories you know each piece probably has a story attached to it as well mm-hmm a lot of them do um, a lot of them come to us without that history too though they're you know they're in the f- a family but they don't quite remember who made it or where it came from and um, sometimes you can reconstruct that a little bit but um, a lot of them do come with wonderful stories you know it was made you know 100 years ago by your grandmother and brought over from you know Europe or another country or used for christenings or you know there, there is all that type of, of history that comes with peace. Very cool so let's talk about Canada's 150th I understand that you are one of the 19 organizations that got a grant to, uh, to celebrate Canada's 150th Canada's sesquicentennial I think that's the word um, but tell me about what you're planning on doing with this new project for for Canada's 150th. Well, we are doing an exhibit, and it's a craft exhibit, naturally, and we are focusing on the colors red and white, which are the colors of Canada's flag, and so there will be um, two main components to the exhibit. We have pieces in our collection that are red and white, and so we'll be featuring those um, as sort of the more historical aspect of it, but the second component is we're um, soliciting from the public, Um, and so that could be either original works of, of craft art that they're making now that are red and white that are celebrated in Canada's 150 or they could be pieces that are in their personal history collection so it could be their grandmother's red and white Irish chain quilt or it could be you know something else that is part of part of their family history that's red and white that um, goes to show you know the history of Canada and so that's the two components of the exhibit that we're planning. Very cool so how can our listeners uh, find out about this exhibit when is it starting and how can we find out more information? There is some information on our website and um, I, you can get in touch with the museum if you're interested in submitting work. We have a call for submission that I can send out. It is on the website, but if you want to have more uh, questions, answers, you can do that. And um, we don't have an exact open date at this point. It'll be summer, but um, we're also in the process of moving our museum and, and um, we're joining forces with the Manitoba Craft Council to create a new centre for craft called the C2 Centre for Craft. Um, 
the construction is starting soon. We hope there have been many delays as in any construction project, but we do hope to be open in the summer. It sounds like uh, 2017 is going to be very busy. It is a very busy year, but um, we're so pleased that the Winnipeg Foundation has uh, supported our project. It's great. Thank you very much, uh, Andre, for talking to us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Nolan, and thank you to Andrea for speaking with us. Coming up after the break, Trevor Lehman will join us to talk about a new fundraiser he's organized that involves one of the top-ranked beers in the world. You normally can't get it in Manitoba. You normally can't even get it in North America. You'd actually have to travel to Belgium, to a monastery in Belgium, to pick it up. But he's raffling it off at the All Grain Charity Beer Auction. We'll learn all about that event coming up right after our next musical break. But first, how about the Andrews Sisters with Beer Barrel Polka, right here on River City 360. There's a garden, what a garden, only happy faces bloom there, and there's never any room there for a worry or a gloom there.
Good morning and welcome back to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning and we are now joined by Trevor Lehman. He is with Convergent Games and we're here to talk about a fundraiser that he's organized that's happening next week, January 29th. Trevor, thank you so much for being on the show again. Thank you for having me. So we last had you on the show in the summer. You were raising funds with your card game Crop Cycle in support of the Canadian Food Grains Bank. And you now have a new event, as we mentioned, in support of Winnipeg Harvest. It's called the All Grain Charity Beer Auction. Tell us a little bit about that event and what inspired you to start this fundraiser. Essentially, we're going to be raffling off uh, several beers that are very, very rare and that aren't really available in Manitoba. And we're going to be doing all that to raise money for Winnipeg Harvest. So what the, where it was inspired by was uh, I'm, I, I enjoy traveling. And uh, one thing wherever I travel is I, I'm also a big fan of coffee and uh, adult barley-based beverages, we'll say, uh, this beer. But um, one thing I've always enjoyed is sometimes touring local breweries and trying out stuff that you really can't get abroad. In this case, I was in Belgium. They have these Trappist monasteries, which are these old traditional monasteries that are able to support themselves by brewing beer. One of them that's very highly rated in the world is called a Westville Atrian 12. And it's this beer that they only sell at the monastery. I think there might be a couple online resellers that sell it at really exorbitant prices, but normally you can only buy it at the monastery. And the money goes towards maintaining this Cistercian monk's way of life. So when we went there, I thought, well, this would be something really interesting to bring back to Manitoba and let people try out here. And, you know, we could do some good in the process. And I understand that it's one of the top-rated beers in the world as well? Yeah, there's normally I think it's a beer advocate has a yearly kind of review process, and it was ranked number one. One of the years, and that got it a lot of fame, but it still doesn't change the fact that you actually have to visit this monastery, which is out in uh, Flanders Field, basically. Um, it's not in one of the major cities. So you'll be raffling off uh, some bottles of West Villeterran 12 beer at the event, and then there's also more to that as well. So I understand that some other local breweries are actually taking part in the event. So we're going to bring together a lot of the local businesses around beer brewing. So we do have a few different companies that have stepped in, and they've also donated as well to the raffle. So in addition to the five bottles of Westville Adrian 12 that we're going to be raffling, we're also going to be raffling a beer fridge that Fort Gary has generously donated. The half pints is also put in merchandise along with Grape and Grain and Barley Brothers. So there's actually going to be quite a few different things that people can raffle on, even if they... They don't want to go for just one of the five bottles. And I just wanted to clarify there, too, it is actually a silent auction or a raffle auction. It's not going to be a bidding war, so to speak. It'll be the opportunity will be to just buy raffle tickets and then put them into whichever prize packages you're hoping to win. Why is it important for you to be raising funds for these organizations? Yeah, well, I really like these type of events. I find these type of events as something quite different, too, than your typical kind of fundraiser or requesting funds from people, you know, um, door-to-door sort of thing. So I, I really like them because I feel that they're also building community. I know for myself, I'm also throwing in some of my own products for my company. So it'll be hopefully that between everyone kind of chipping in, we can kind of build a get-together and build a better world on the 29th. What do people have to do if they want to attend or if they want to purchase raffle tickets to support uh, the Raffle cause? tickets are sold at the event and admission is free. So you just need to come on down and show up. 
Also, at around 4.30, let's sort of the last chance to buy raffle tickets, because at around 4.30, 4.45, people do speeches, and then we start drawing the tickets. So for people who want to be home for Sunday dinner, they'll still have the opportunity for that. If people are interested, I would encourage them to come maybe earlier in the afternoon, like between the 2.30 and 4.30 for sure. If you could go on Facebook or my website and like the page, that would be helpful. Tell your friends, but honestly, it's completely open, so you just need to come on in and uh, participate. And again, it'll be nice to sort of hang out with a lot of other sort of enthusiasts of beer. I'm looking forward to learning a lot from some of the local businesses. So once again, the event is the All Grain Charity Beer Auction that takes place next Sunday, January 29th, from 2.30 to 5.30 p.m. at Barley Brothers 2005 Pemina. And if people want to learn more, you said they can go on the, the Facebook page, and I believe that's facebook.com forward slash auction. Yep, and I also posted it on my, my website as well. All right, and that's convergentgames.com. Trevor, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck with the event. Thank you so much. Thanks, Robert, and thanks again to Trevor for coming on the show. And now, the next segment in our series, Promising Projects, where we hear from members of the Community Grants Team at the Winnipeg Foundation, and they've been telling us about some of their favorite upcoming projects and the charitable organizations that are doing great work here in Winnipeg. Today, we're going to be hearing from Joanna Turner, Community Grants Associate at the Winnipeg Foundation. She'll tell us about the project she's decided to shine some light on. So, without further ado, here's the next installment in our Promising Projects series, right here on River City 360. Hi there, I'm Joanna Turner and I'm a Community Grants Associate with the Winnipeg Foundation. Uh, the project that I will be highlighting today is called the Home and Community Art Project and it's run out of West Broadway Community Services. So it's a new, new pilot project for them this year. Um, and one of the primary mandates of that agency is to provide um, a safe space for vulnerable community members in the West Broadway neighborhood. So that project uh, really helps to be an extension of that work because it provides um, residents with the opportunity to express uh, their stories through art. Um, and some of them are more difficult stories to tell. So the way it'll work is there'll be project facilitators trained in digital storytelling who work with um, the residents in the area to tell their stories through uh, various media like um, digital storytelling, through photography, through um, soundscape creation, um, and then at the end of the six-week six six program, they will um, put together a showcase for their family and friends. And the reason uh, the project, to me, is a really great grant is that it's an opportunity for um, community members in the West Broadway neighborhood with more difficult life stories to tell to um, be able to share their stories with other people who maybe have had similar life experiences and it's a therapeutic medium for people to express themselves through art. Thank you to Joanna Turner, Community Grants Associate at the Winnipeg Foundation, for sharing your promising project with us here at RC360. Coming up next, Noah Ehrenberg, the convener of Community News Commons, is on his way into the studio. And this week he'll tell us about a very exciting and very interesting event that deals with mental health, addictions, and healing. That's actually happening tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, and we'll learn more about that. So if those topics interest you, if 
mental health affects you or anyone you know, stay tuned for that conversation. It promises to be a very interesting dialogue with a variety of people from all across our community. But before Noah gets into the studio, we'll play him in with a song. So here's Dorothy Collins with Oh What a Night for Love right here on River City 360. A strawberry moon, blueberry sky, polka dot star shining on high. Everything's right, oh what a night for love. A lavender breeze, summer perfume, a sycamore trees, roses in bloom. Everything's right, oh what a night for love. Somewhere a sweet lullaby tune Everything's right, oh, what a night for Back to River City 360, Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and it's that time of the show where Noah Ehrenberg joins us in studio. We've had Noah on the show for the past uh, year or so, and every time he comes on, he tells us about Community News Commons, of which he is the convener. Noah, thank you for joining us. It's great to be here. Before we start talking about Community News Commons, we're going to talk about a very interesting event that's happening tomorrow. It is the Vital Signs, sort of a kickoff for Vital Signs, and it, there's a community conversation based around mental health. So why don't you tell our listeners uh, what, what you're hoping to accomplish tomorrow night? Well, essentially, the conversation tomorrow night will be a look at uh, mental health addictions and healing, because those are very serious problems in our communities. And we'd like to, as part of the Vital Science Project, have uh, a series of conversations with the public on uh, a number of different issues uh, throughout the year. Uh, Vital Signs is sort of a report card or um, a checkup on the vitality of our city and uh, and we identify significant uh, needs and trends in our city and uh, the report will be uh, published in October of this year 
we're going to be combining research, a survey, and some of these community conversations to provide insights on issues that are important to the quality okay. of life in Winnipeg. And so this issue that we're looking at is mental health, addictions, and um, healing. And uh, we're going to be gathering uh, uh, a very interesting panel of uh, experts as well as a uh, keynote speaker in Rob Nash. And uh, we've invited uh, many people from our community to join uh, in the conversation um, in order to look at three very specific questions when it comes to the, okay. the, that area of, uh, of concern. So what are the three questions? Uh, well, the first question will be, what are the underlying causes of addictions and mental health disorders? The second question would be, are there enough options for getting help and what more do we need to provide? And the third question is, what are the best ways to prevent addictions and to promote healing? and well-being that's a very uh, that's a lot of depth i think that's trying to be ad addressed here yeah for sure because the idea is to really go deep as opposed to broad we'd really like to try and have conversations that are meaningful and uh in other words we're looking for more light than heat when it comes to uh these difficult questions and we're, we're trying to understand what are the best ways for uh for us to approach these issues that are really uh quite uh difficult for our community because you know you look at something like mental health and addictions that affects so many people in our community, yet when people run into these types of problems, when families or uh, people in our community run into these problems, it's not that easy or straightforward mm -hmm. to finding help. So if you had something like diabetes or cancer, it's very simple. You go to the doctor. Which, I mean, it's not that simple, but you go to the doctor and, and you get treated. But the, the important thing is, is that somebody treats you. Right. If you run into a situation where you have a mental health disorder or uh, an addiction, uh, that is a much more difficult thing for you to get help for. Well, it's more complex, too, because mm -hmm. if you have a disease, there is typically one way to treat said disease, whereas the, the, the sort of mental health gamut and the, and the array of different issues you can have all affect people differently. So there's not one tried and true method to solve every single problem, right? Exactly. And there's a lot of different causes for it. Uh, you right. know, it could be trauma at an early age. It could be, um, it could be familial, it could be, you know, there's all sorts of different things that one, one needs to look out for. But the important thing is, is that with so many people being affected and with it having such a, um, a degree of difficulty for our community, that it's really important for us to understand uh, what we know works and what we know we need to do for mm -hmm. people uh, who are going through these difficulties. So there's a, a, a wide array that a wide array of topics that Vital Signs is going to be covering. Why was mental health chosen as the first one to sort of kick off uh, the, these community conversations? Well, I think if you look at the situation that's going on in our communities right now, right across the country, uh, for example, the fentanyl crisis that is killing a large number of people uh, in our communities, uh, that's just one sort of tip of the iceberg of, yeah. uh, of a much bigger problem. And so if you look at, say, that as an example, you see that it's, a, it's quite, a, quite a difficult situation that's getting worse. Right. Uh, or you look at, say, our senior population and the number of people that may have some mental health difficulties or some addictions to painkillers. That, too, is something that is... Uh, sort of quiet, but it's widespread. Right. And uh, and I think uh, the biggest thing really is that there really isn't a system in place that we have right now that addresses this. Mm -hmm. So it's not a situation where it's a matter of tweaking the system. It's really a question of saying, what do we need to put in place? And building a system. Exactly. Yeah. So that people can have somewhere to go. And, you know, it's interesting. My daughter, she's 17. She mentioned this to me uh, a few days ago. She said, you know, when we were in uh, elementary school and when we were in uh, junior high school, nobody 
nobody talked about mental mm-hmm. health situations. She said the first time was in grade 11 and grade 12 oh. where they started to talk about mental health uh, for, in terms of young people. And, really, and that's now. That's, that's she, now, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and she's graduating this year. So if you really look at a situation like that, she, you know, she, she was saying, well, we should have been talking about this in kindergarten and grade one. Mm-hmm. We should have been normalizing it for people so that when children, young uh, people get into a situation to a problem, they at least have somewhere to go, something to talk about. It's, for sure. it's, it's, it's really a situation where it's been uh, sort of kept down low for mm-hmm. many, many years, yet it's such a large problem that we really need to not just talk about it, but also talk about possible solutions. And so the, the idea for this conversation tomorrow night at the University of Winnipeg Atrium at 599 Portage uh, is going to be to look at these, this issue and to try and uh, come, you know, c- come up with some ideas as to uh, as to how to address these problems. The the conversation starts at uh, 7 p.m. Doors open at 6:30. Fantastic. So for and for those that aren't able to make it down in person, it's actually going to be live streamed on Facebook Live. So you can go to facebook.com/wpgfdn to watch if you're unable to make it down to the university. Now switching gears, well, not necessarily switching gears because it is kind of along the same lines. Uh, Community News Commons writers can write pretty much about anything, but Mm -hmm. I understand that a writer, uh, Deanna Ng, who is a friend of the show, wrote Mm -hmm. actually about mental health. So maybe tell our listeners about the types of things that you can see on scenes the types of things that you can read on CNC, including stories about mental health. Well, you can see all sorts of stories on uh, communitynewscommons.org, and I encourage our listeners to go there because you never know what you're going to uh, to read there, as, as you often <laughs> uh, like to say there. Um, the story that Deanna wrote is about a artist named Ryan Smolok, uh, who has been on a personal journey uh, for many, many years with autism and mental health disabilities. And um, throughout his life, he has used art as a way to communicate and to help others. And Ryan had the, um, he was lucky enough to get the support of uh, Winnipeg's Artbeat Studio. Oh, yeah. Um, and that um, is something that really turned his life around. And he was able to um, use that experience to really uh, create uh, some amazing art. And so if you go to communitynewscommons.org and you check out Deanna Ng's story about Ryan Smolak and about some of his work and about um, really what he's doing now in terms of giving back to his community because what he's doing is he's he's actually contributing his time and his expertise to Artbeat Studio to help others uh, who are up and coming and who are artists and he really makes the point that art and community are, is a is a are, are sources of healing, and so mm-hmm. it's not just a question of doing the art, but it's a question of being together with other artists, talking about things, and really creating a situation, an environment where people um, can talk about things and can use art and that engagement of the community as a way to heal. So that story Very that Deanna writes about Ryan uh, Ryan Smolak, and uh, and you can look at some of his work as well on uh, communitynewscommons.org. It's just brilliant. It's uh, it's really really uh, breathtaking. Some of the work that he's done and uh, really you know when it comes to art and community it's something that I think uh, uh, people may underestimate the, the the impact that it has but you read a story like this by Deanna Ng on Ryan Smolak and you realize wow this is um, you know it's a it's a great thing to to be able to celebrate and to be able to use if uh, people are having some difficulties uh, with mental health for sure that's great. So uh, cncwpg.org to read Deanna's story and uh, all the other wonderful pieces of citizen journalism on community news. Comments, mm-hmm. Noah, at the end of our time together, I've asked you for the for the almost a year now to mm-hmm. uh, bring our listeners maybe a song that they haven't heard that's got a little bit of Manitoba connection. So what have you got for us this week? Well, it certainly is a Manitoba connection. This uh, The band's uh, debut, a- uh, sorry, mm-hmm. 
It well, certainly is a Manitoba connection. We've got uh, a band by the name of Kagagi. And, um, Sorry? Kagagi? Kagagi. Kagagi. Yes, it's, it's actually spelled K-A-K-A-G-I, but it's pronounced Kagagi. Kagagi. Yeah, and they uh, have a, a debut uh, EP out. It's, um, uh, it's going to be uh, featured in the next few weeks um, uh, it, it, live. They're going to be hitting the cavern with uh, Prairie Lakes on February the 10th, so you can catch them there. Uh, on March 31st, you can see them at Times Change uh, in downtown Winnipeg here. And um, then they're going to go for a Western Canadian tour in early May. Um, and uh, I'd like to feature a song from uh, the band Kagagi. The song is called Spadina Streetcar. So uh, this is Kagagi with their song Spadina Streetcar. I'm Noah Ehrenberg, and you're tuned to River City 360 with Robert Zirk and Nolan Bicknell on 93.7 CJNU.
Thank you for listening to River City 360. We've got time for one last tune before we say goodbye for this week. Uh, so here's My Love by Sonny James right here on River City 360. That puts gold to shame But if I'd ever leave you How could it be in autumn How I'd leave in autumn I never would know I've seen how you sparkle When fall nips the air I know you in autumn And I must be there 
And could I leave you running merrily through the snow? Or on a wintry evening when you catch the fire's glow? If ever I would leave you, how could it be in springtime? Knowing how in spring I'm bewitched by you so. Springtime, summer, winter, or fall. That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you so much for listening, and a huge thank you to all of our guests for speaking with us today. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, you can visit us online. The address is rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to hear your feedback about the program. If you'd like to give us a call with your comments, song requests, or a topic that you'd like us to cover on a future show, give us a call. Our number is 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. You can search at RiverCity360, all one word on Twitter, and RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great Sunday. Mm-hmm.